Welcome to an enlightened hour of interactive talk. This is Guided Spirit Conversations with host Marla Goldberg. In this program, we spotlight guests from all over the globe who have helped others change their lives and will provide you with the tips, tools, and techniques that you need to help you make a difference in your own life. Now, here is Marla Goldberg. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. As you heard, I'm Marley Goldberg, and this is Guided Spirit Conversations. I am so, so happy to have the guest on today that we have for a number of reasons. But first of all, I need to give her props because she's in Sydney, Australia, and it's about, what, two in the morning right now? Yes, two o'clock. <laughs> so Denise Jarvie is a soul potential coach and mentor who specializes in helping people to release outdated patterns and behaviors and awaken their intuitive wisdom into their everyday life. Her wish for all is to alleviate inner suffering by uncovering, understanding, and I love this part, redesigning the motivations that determine behavior to help all realize that lasting outward change begins within. Denise has written two oracle decks, The Flower of Life and The Secret Language of Light, that are available as an app as well as in decks, correct? I have the decks, I know that. And then she's also developed a set of tarot cards, the Tarot of Light. Denise has also has developed three meditation CDs, The Flower of Life, 1111, Remember to Remember. Okay, I'm sticking. Remembrance of you. You'd think it was 2 o'clock in the morning here. Both available (laughs) as apps and dissolving stress. Welcome, Denise. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor and a pleasure to be here. I am so happy that you're here. It's an honor for me, too. And the fact that you've gotten out of bed looks stunning. (laughs) And it's 2 o'clock in the morning. is just I'm so honored that you would do that for the show. So thank you. That's my pleasure. My pleasure. We are in lockdown here in Sydney, um, so it's there's not a lot else going on (laughs) me at the moment. I can't really leave home, so there we go. Um, So this has come at a perfect time as well. I know, and wow, I I hadn't heard that Australia was locked down. So it's just crazy that there was another another. What is this? The fourth wave of being locked down. Yes, yeah, I think so. Crossing the globe. In, in, we haven't, in, in Sydney, we haven't really much, but um, this is only our second, I think, in Sydney. But uh, yeah. it is. In the States, we've been having the waves. Now everything yeah. is opening up. And I just hope for the sake of the, for the everybody, I mean, I'm a working person and I didn't, I was going to say, but for the people who really survive on retail, supermarketing yes yes you know those kind of jobs and when everything is shut down and they live on tips and gratuities and how does that Mm. how does that work for them so send prayers to everybody across the world who is shutting down because of this new variant yes 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 but let's get to you because you are so fascinating. You've got so much. <laughs> and we're, I, we were talking, and I don't know if you want to stay in this, this mode of conversation or if you want to veer, but you were saying how when you were growing up, you grew up with depression and anxiety, and this was decades before you even started down your spiritual path. Mm. Yes. So, and how the depression, the, you know, how you were brought up, though you were given everything materially, you didn't feel safe. Mm. In, in your psychological like, or physical life mm. and how you dealt with it. So how did you then transfer what was going on with your heel to put the depression and the anxiety behind you? Yeah, I, I think my, uh, my father fought in the Second World War um, and my mother was an evacuee out of London. So I actually think both of them had PTSD. Um, for my father especially, he was 18 when he landed at D-Day. So um, wow. yeah, that was his birthday, the 6th of June. <laughs> um, and both of them have gone now. But uh, I think my father just wanted something different. So he kept dragging us around everywhere. <laughs> so he dragged us around a lot of England because we were English and then eventually came to Australia. 
um, where he had um, two heart attacks when we arrived here and he would have only been 40 at the time. Um, And, yeah, so they, poor mum and dad really were on the, the back burner a lot of the time just trying to sort of keep themselves going and they eventually made something of themselves um, here in Australia but it was always very hard work and there was never mm, my sister and I were never really nothing was discussed with us it was just you know deal with it sort of your, your <laughs> children should be seen and not heard so a lot of that um, formed a, a, I never really felt psychologically safe. You know, I never knew when we were going to move again because we so were never hard. told anything. It would just bring boxes in and say, okay, it's time to pack again. So I was in this constant <laughs> fear of moving again. And, and I am an introvert. So starting new schools again was always a horrible, horrible process. I was going to say being the new kid over and over and over oh, again. Yes. Yes, it's uh, yeah, but anyway, that that's okay. So, but eventually, that that formed into um, anxiety and depression. I was quite an angry teenager, um, and I left home very early, and then got married fairly early uh, as well. But towards the end of my twenties, uh, of course, you know when Saturn returns. <laughs> It's like Saturn comes along, turns you upside down and says, okay, so are you living the life you want to be living? Mm. And, of course, I wasn't. And at that particular time, this is the, the most interesting aspect of the story, I went to, to England uh, to be with my father for the 50th anniversary of D-Day to go over to France with him as well. Wow. But I actually um, travelled around Europe with a girlfriend and when we came back, we travelled around the south of England and we went to Glastonbury and we went to the tour in Glastonbury, which is Archangel Michael's Tower. And I had no idea who Archangel Michael was then. Uh, I didn't have a religious upbringing. Uh, and we climbed up to the tour. And it's not really a climb. It's a nice walk, actually. <laughs> it's a hill. Um, but I fell asleep up there and uh, and I had a vision of Archangel Michael. I didn't know that at the time, who, he, who it was. But what he said to me was, all that you truly desire is yours if you're willing to live your truth. And I remember waking up thinking, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> I had absolutely no idea what that meant. Um, and I, at that particular time, I was in a lot of fear and resistance. I didn't want to leave my husband at the time. Um, but I also knew that that was probably the next steps for me to take. Um, so the inevitable happened. And by the time I was 33, I would have been back. 29 and 33, I had left um, and my depression had got way out of hand. My depression and anxiety had got way out of hand. So I um, I didn't want to take any medication. So I looked around for meditation classes and I found a shop just in my local shops that uh, offered meditation. And... Um, and funnily enough, that place was called the Blue Angel um, Gallery and uh, the Blue Angel Healing Centre and Gallery, which actually turned into, morphed into Blue Angel Publishing, which are my publishers and um, that's Tony uh, Tony's work and yeah, well, Blue Angel Publishing, so who are actually quite big now. <laughs> um, and when I... I, I, I Walked in, and that was the first time I saw Tony's artwork, and that's some of it behind me there uh, as well. And I found out later that the Blue Angel, of course, was a representation of Archangel Michael. They had named the Blue Angel for Archangel Michael, <laughs> so it popped up again in my life. So 
to make a really long story short, I began meditating there and um, realised that I love the feeling of meditation and I wanted my life to feel like I did when I meditated. Uh, I didn't want to just go to meditation and de-stress. I wanted to actually feel that way. I had no idea how I was going to do that and I don't even think I knew what that meant. Uh, I did Reiki 1 there and then I decided to change my career. At that particular time, I was a hairdresser. I'd been a hairdresser for nearly 20 years and um, I became a remedial therapist and a job came up at the Blue Angel and I started working there. <laughs> and, um, and from there, I, it was like everyone at the centre took me under their wing and I went on this huge healing journey for about two years. And, um, and that, start, that was really the, the beginning of my, um, the work that I do now. So that would have been about 2000, 1999, 2000. Okay. And, um, and then, of course, also watched Tony um, turn his first, his first lot of paintings into a card deck and then um, eventually just became more, um, yeah, and more and more. So it was a really interesting time to see how it evolved from a healing centre into a publishing company as well. Is it still a healing centre today? Do you know they still have the healing uh, His wife, um, yeah, I'm still friends with them, and so he, because his wife was my um, breaking master. Uh, she still runs what... She, what is called the um, Blue Angel Reiki Centre, um, which is like a big healing centre. Nice. Uh, but that that healing centre at that time, because it was huge, it was two, three floors, two floors, but there was lots and lots of practitioner rooms, you know, a huge bookshop, um, a huge shop. Uh, that all became a bit much after eight years to, to run, I think. You know, and like anything, we things end and we yes. have to move forward and do do other things uh, uh, as well. So, yeah, so it's been an, and then I, I met my, um, well, my ex-husband now, <laughs> my second husband, and I moved to Sydney, which is how I ended up in Sydney. Oh, nice. So how do From you Melbourne. define what you do with your, with your clients or what you do in general? So really interestingly, I have been doing that all my life. So even as a child, um, I felt what was going on for a person underneath. So I could never work out with adults because the words that were coming out of their mouth did not match what I was feeling from them. And, and I can remember as a child saying, <laughs> saying to my parents and to their friends, but that's not what you mean. <laughs> and I would be told to shut up and go away. <laughs> and I realised as I got older that a lot of people don't even realise that, that's, um, that what's coming out of their mouth isn't even them. They're just saying what they think they need to say that's just there's just not a level of awareness there's no self-awareness there it's true um and and so that's something that I naturally can do but because I could naturally do it I just thought everybody could do it and I just thought that I didn't think it was anything special but over the years I've honed that and um and so I I have that uh ability, I suppose, if you want to call it that, but I can feel the patterns that are running people's lives. So we can go underneath and I, I help them to understand why they're doing the things that they're doing. It's not wrong or right, but because of their um, their beliefs or other people's beliefs, their values, um, and these things are running them, so it's working out whether they are work, whether that's still working for them. And if it's still working for them, great. But if it's not, okay, let's go underneath and understand why that is occurring. 
So a sole potential coach is, for me, I'm helping people to find their sole potential, um, meaning the truth of who they are, to live their life in a, um, in a liberated way, to live from their truth and instead of other people's truths. And it's so hard because so many people, like you said, are so mixed up because of either the way they were brought up, the way the parents were, the teachers, you know, the authority figures, and what was projected, or they imposed their values and imprinted mm-hmm. them on the person. So, yeah, I can imagine, and I know through what I do, you know, that a lot of people just don't have a clear vision of who they are because they're so intertwined and weaved with everybody else's stuff. Yes, yes. And so worried about fitting in and what other people think of them and looking for happiness outside of themselves. And, of course, all of those things keep us locked into conditions, making sure that, you know, I look okay, that, you know, I say the right things and I keep people happy around me. And it's it's not really a way to, to live our life because we're so busy trying to just be safe, I suppose, that um, we never get to live who we are. You know, it reminds a, me. Go ahead. I'm yeah, sorry. sorry. I was going to say that is a generalisation, but it's a way to explain, explain And the that. vision I had was, remember the, back in the day there was like, um, there would be like the monkey grinder and there'd be the monkey on and they'd, they'd play their music. And that's yes. what it's living. That life is like being the monkey yes. for a monkey grinder. You know, yes. you you do, yes. you know, you dance to the music, yes. but it's not your music. Yes, you're doing what you think you have to do to to survive. And so many people say to me, I'll just make sure everyone's okay and everything's going well around me and then I'll get to me. And No, but you never do get to you. You're so exhausted. You're so tired and you're never going to get to the bottom of anything. You're never going to get to the end of people's issues. Because, and that's not any of our business anyway, no. other people's um, issues. You know, and I do often say to a lot of my um, uh, students that um, when you look at someone and you think, oh, they could be this or they could be that and I just want to help them to become something, I said, you're judging them. You're looking at them at that moment and saying you're not enough and that's not what we're here to do as healers. We're here no. to help people find that within themselves. And you have to meet them where they're at. That's, that's huge. Where I think a lot of people try to impose, you know, healers think, well, I'm going to help them, but they're not meeting at the same, the same level. But I was also yeah. going to say that that whole phrase, put your oxygen mask on before you help anybody else put oh, yeah. theirs on, is it's so it's important. It's and oh, we're going to go take a break at this point and we'll be right back so stay tuned for more with Denise Jarvie become our friend on Facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice America Do you find that your journey to loving yourself is taking a long time? Here's your shortcut. Read Marla Goldberg's book, My Long Journey to Loving Myself, A Guide to a Shorter Path to Learn to Live a More Self-Loving Life. Order on Amazon or MarlaGoldberg.com. That's Marla, G-O-L-D-B-E-R-R-G.com. Have you ever wanted to scream, but you couldn't because of all the people who might hear you? Now, we have your answer. The original Scream Pillow. It can be used at work, the bathroom, in the closet, or anywhere you want to scream and not have everyone know what you're screaming about. Order yours today at MarlaGoldberg.com. That's Marla, G-O-L-D-B-E-R-R-G.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening 
listening to Guided Spirit Conversations. To reach Marla Goldberg or her guest today, you're invited to call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, the address is guidedspiritconversations at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hello, everyone. Thank you for sticking around. If you're just tuning in, I've got Denise Jarvie with me. And Denise is a soul potential coach and mentor, which we were just talking about. She helps her clients and her students specialize in helping people to release outdated patterns and behaviors and awaken their intuitive wisdom into everyday life, which is so important for living a really full life, in my opinion. Denise also wishes for all to alleviate their inner suffering by uncovering, understanding, and redesigning the motivations that determine behavior and to help realize that all lasting outward change begins inside. Welcome back, Denise. One more thing. Check out Denise at denisejarvie.com. That's D-E-N-I-S-E-J-A-R-V-I-E.com to learn about all she does and about her oracle cards, her tarot deck, her meditations. She's got a plethora of information, and it's a really pretty website. So (laughs) check her out. You're welcome. (laughs) So we were talking about the difference between being a coach and a mentor. And I think what you're saying is great. I don't know if you would be mind repeating it for those in the audio. Yes, yes, yes. So a coach um, for me is is helping you to find it's, it's coaching you. It's coaching your soul to, to come forward so that you can connect to that and live your best life uh, as well. Live your life from your your truth, not um, what we think we have to live to be happy. To please everybody else around us. Oh, yes, 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 yes. To, um, yes, to live a, it ends up being quite a conditional life, meaning that we're relying on conditions. We're relying on people and situations to be a certain way in order to make us feel good. Uh, the coaching aspect of my business is helping people to, to realise to come back to their centre, to come back to their truth so that no matter what is going on around them, they will be okay you know, I mean, we would all prefer if difficult things didn't happen in our lives, but that's the nature of living is contrast. So we're going to go through great experiences and difficult experiences, but you want to be able to go through them through that middle path um, so that you can make the best possible decisions instead of them taking you by the throat <laughs> and um, and dictating to you how you should feel and um, which is, of course, what a lot of us do. We react to situations and then it um, triggers things in us. So coaching is really helping you to find that centre and strengthen that so that you can live your truth. Um, your most authentic life, life. for you, yes. what that looks like for you. Yeah, whatever that is for you, whatever your passion is. Because, you know, we're not here for a long time, really. And, uh, you know, we don't want to be living someone else's life. You want to be living your life. But most people are living someone else's life. Because they don't, the someone thing is else's they don't, idea. Because they don't know any better. Because this no. is all they've had fed to them. Yes, yes. You know, but we, we do know somewhere underneath there is that part of us that says, really? <laughs> you know, there, there must be another way to, to do this. Or there is that, you know, bells go off or certain red flags come up, but we tend to ignore them right. because we, we think the physical world is much more important than what goes on in here. Because this is something we can um, sense through our physical senses, because we're not—we haven't really been taught to use our intuitive or psychic senses to interpret energy or our inner world. And how and that's can something we? That I help people to do as well. 
Which is great because you had said, and I sort of was brought up the same way, we weren't brought up with any information, religious or otherwise. There was nothing spiritual. And I know in my upbringing, you mentioned you or also had the same thing. And so a lot of people, I think, a lot of families have sort of dropped the whole spiritual religious education so that someone could learn at least to whatever level and then be able to make their own decisions. Yeah. And it, I think it's, it's causing a huge conundrum for many people mm. because they don't feel satisfaction in their life. They don't feel like their life is flowing, but they don't know what to do about it. And they're afraid that going down this path is going to bring them down the inauthentic path when it's truly the authentic path. Does, mm. that, make, does that make sense? Yes. Oh, Yes. Yes, yes. And, you know, it's, we've become so disconnected from who we are, that it's it's a bit of a long journey back sometimes, uh, which again, is what my coaching is about. It's about bringing people back to, to their center, to, to find them, because with this, this disconnection, um, of the outside world is much more important. If people can see my success, I feel successful, as opposed to what I say to people, if you feel successful inside, it doesn't really matter what anyone else thinks. The reason that we often argue with people or we want somebody to agree with us uh, is because we are insecure with that idea. Mm -hmm. Because if you were secure with that idea, it wouldn't matter what anyone else thought because you just know that it's true for you. But as soon as you're not quite sure, we want others to, to agree with us or we want others to, to see the, the physical. Yes, yes, which, of course, just means that you're not really secure with that. You are insecure with it as well. So... So let's talk about how we bring the soul into this conversation, mm. because you are a soul. I'm using quotes for those who can't see me, uh, air quotes, that you're a soul potential coach. So mm. somebody might say, soul potential, what does that mean? My soul has a potential? I mean, I know yeah. that answer, but <laughs> let's answer it to you anyway. <laughs> well, I, I use soul um, because for, for me, the word soul uh, is is that part of myself that I, I could never really, it was a bit elusive. <laughs> I couldn't really pinpoint it. I didn't know what to, um, what it was. But I also knew that it was the truth of me. So what I mean by that is that, you know, when you, you're younger and you just, make those decisions based based on you Bef before you you have too many layers of other people's ideas and too much conditioning on top of you there is that part of you that just does things you know we watch children do it they just play and they just do things they don't give it the thought they don't overthink everything um and, and, and I can remember because my mother was very demanding in her anxiety and wanted everyone around her to be a certain way to make her feel good. And, and, I, can, and, and I can sort of remember thinking, okay, I'll just go along with this with mum. I remember who I am um, and I'll just act this way to keep her happy. But the problem is, whatever you practice most in your day becomes you. It becomes entangled with your everyday way of being and it be, so it becomes entangled with your personality and That's then true. you end up living that. And then one day you wake up and you think, where did I go? Mm -hmm. And so for me, that's what the soul is. It is the truth of you. It is the, the light in you. Um, it is the your stream of consciousness. Uh, it's called many different things. It, it's the it will always exist. You will always know yourself, however you exist. You will, you know. And when we talk about transformation in this 
work, sometimes that scares people a bit. But, you know, I always say to people, you'll always know you. You'll always recognise you. Yeah. Um, you're just becoming more of you. That, that's all. It's not like you just become someone different and you think, oh, who are you? <laughs> um, and so the soul is, for me, it's, it's, it's your authentic truth. It's the wisdom of you. Um, and in my card deck, the Sacred Language of Light, I have a, the first card is called Your Soul Name, which is, it's that card. Oh, pretty. Is, yeah. Um, it's, <laughs> so for me, that's like the soul in the temple. I think that's shining the bit there. Um, and it's called Soul Name mainly because, and, and it is helping you to connect to your soul name. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean you have a name for your soul, but from a human point of view, I find it easier to communicate, we find it easier to communicate with a name mm-hmm. other than a concept. And so the soul can often become a bit of an elusive concept. So if we can find a name for ourselves, it becomes a point of reference where you can meet your soul and connect with it. Because for me, having a conversation with my soul is like having a natural conversation with myself. You know those conversations you have with yourself in the shower sometimes or when you're Mm. driving and they're full of insight and knowings and and you get deeper conclusions and you go, aha, you're actually having a conversation with your soul at that moment. Because you and your soul, (laughs) yes, soul talks, you and your soul uh, at uh, are vibing at the same rate. And so Soul Potential Coach is helping people to get back to that place, to trust this in here. That doesn't mean we don't take any notice of the outside world, but it means that we trust, um, we listen to our voice and we we use it as a way to help us move through life. It's part of, it's, it's another tool. And our inner voice will always be true to our highest and best good, where our ego voice is not. It's it, That has to do with what somebody else might be projecting or telling you is good or bad. And, you know, have just knowing that, like, somebody says something for you, like, take this, but your insides are saying, no, that's not good for me. What do you listen to, the person or the what's inside it's the inside that's your soul it will never ever steer you wrong that's what I've learned yes yes if you learn to trust it and 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 often what happens is when we look at something uh we look at it through our the human aspect so we're looking at it from the ego or the personality but your higher self your soul is looking at it at the same time so your soul will always see everything from a um, an unconditional point of view. So it's a bit like your third eye. It sees everything as oneness. And our ego, our personality, um, sees everything through our two eyes. So it sees the duality of things. So it's measuring everything. Um, and sometimes we look at a situation and we go, oh, I don't like that. I don't like the way that makes me feel. I don't like that person. They need to change. <laughs> they need to, you know, they need to be different to who they are. And your higher self or your soul is looking at this, that person and saying they are just who they are and they are perfect the way they they are and of course so what happens is you end up having an argument an internal argument you're having an argument with your soul (laughs) (laughs) and that's what makes us feel so bad at times but what we do because we feel bad we tend to come to the conclusion that it must be that thing's fault or that person's fault they're making me feel bad but essentially you're having a disagreement with yourself (laughs) between you and your higher self. And so what that is doing is showing you that something in you is imbalanced. So when you look at that, 
you're projecting your own stuff and we can talk about that. <laughs> that's another story, but it, it is. <laughs> that's um, another show. That's another show, <laughs> projection and reflection. But, um, but essentially whatever is imbalanced in you, you're seeing that in that person and it's making you feel bad. And so when you look at things out in the world that make you feel uncomfortable, just take a breath and say, okay, why is that making me feel uncomfortable? I mean, other than the fact that there's obviously things that we, we don't like in the world and we want to change, but in the end, let that be something that helps you to create a new way of doing things. You can't ever get rid of something because it's already been created, but you can create something new. And um, so when you're having those uncomfortable feelings, that's a little reminder that instead of bitching and complaining about that, create a new path that moves you away from that or helps others to become more and move them away from that as well. If that I love sense. those words. I love what you're saying because it's so true. And, and yeah, we, you know, it's like it's, you will have fights with yourself, your, your, your soul, <laughs> because your ego wants it one way, you know, and <laughs> your, your soul is your healthy part. And mm-hmm. ego can be healthy, but mo- the majority of us, I hate to say it, are so conditioned to have unhealthy ego. And I'm talking about the ego where the will, the desire body is so strong that it, try, you know, I desire that everything goes my way. And it, yes. it yes. just can't and because it's not all good for you. No, and I had—I remember having a, a spiritual teacher, Stuart Wilde, actually, and he—he he would say that if you the the ego wakes up every day with a whole list of things for you to do, and it nails it to your forehead, <laughs> and it says do this every day, <laughs> and then the next day you wake up and it does it again, and we spend all this time trying to work out all this stuff from our ego, where really you just need to let that, you know, it's like, well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> We don't yeah. need to do those things. <laughs> we do need to do our essentials. You know, brush yes. our teeth, move our bodies, go, you know. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Other than Caring that. for ourselves. Caring for ourselves. Self-care, highest and best good. We're going to stop right here. We're going to go for our next break. Stick around. Check out Denise Jarvie at Denise dot com to learn about all she does and how she might be able to work with you. Stay tuned. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Do you find that your journey to loving yourself is taking a fucking long time? Here's your shortcut. Read Marla Goldberg's book, My Fucking Long Journey to Loving Myself, A Guide to a Shorter Path to Learn to Live a More Self-Loving Life. Order on Amazon or MarlaGoldberg.com. That's Marla, G-O-L-D-B-E-R-R-G.com. Have you ever wanted to scream, but you couldn't because of all the people who might hear you? Now, we have your answer. The original Scream Pillow. It can be used at work, the bathroom, in the closet, or anywhere you want to scream and not have everyone know what you're screaming about. Order yours today at MarlaGoldberg.com. That's Marla, G-O-L-D-B-E-R-R-G.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Guided Spirit Conversations. To reach Marla Goldberg or her guest today, you're invited to call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, the address is guidedspiritconversations at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hello, we're back. So I'm here with Denise Jarvie. I hope you've had a chance to check out her website, denisejarvie.com, to learn about what she does. We are talking about soul potential 
and how she is a self-potential coach and mentor and how all the mechanics work together. But before we get on with our conversation, it's charity shout out time. And Denise's charity is R-U-O-K Day. And yes, it's an Australian charity, but yes. this might be this might resonate with you. So let's talk to Denise about what are you okay day about and how they can help. Yes, um, it well it normally happens uh, around the first or second week in September, um, and are you okay? Is an initiative to start a conversation with someone. So it's like, are you okay? And it was—it's a day that is just to highlight that. Um, the reason that I love it so much is because for a very long time I was a bit of a, a high-functioning, depressed person. People didn't know I was depressed. I was very good at hiding, um, hiding it. Um, they didn't really know how much I was in pain. So this initiative for me is so important because if somebody had said to me, are you okay, Um, and started a conversation, I may have been able to move through that um, quicker. And uh, the whole idea is, um, is a conversation could change a life. So you ask someone, are they okay? And then we listen without judgment. We just let people say whatever it is that they want to say. Then we encourage action. And then you check in later on down the line. But it's um, it's just a little reminder to just ask people if they're okay. And I just think it's a really nice way to... Um, to keep connected to people without judgment, without, you know, without people feeling like they can't talk about anything because of mental illness and all of those things. Uh, but it's, a, it's an amazing organisation and they have an enormous amount of resources on their website that are free uh, as well and it's a wonderful charity to really help people to just come back to who they are <laughs> and here's the and thing when you do that when you ask the question you mm-hmm. you bring out compassion for somebody mm-hmm. and they also start having compassion for themselves themselves yes that's yes. powerful i yes. think it needs to be a movement i think are you okay day it <laughs> should be an international something really yes 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 and it, and it is it's a it's and it's a relatively new um charity an organisation, so I'd say it's probably been around for about eight or nine years. I normally do a meditation at a nightclub of all places. <laughs> um, one of my friends has a nightclub and he turns it into um, Are You OK Day. He normally has puppies come in that and um, that need uh, fostering or, or adopting and uh, as a way to for us all to feel better because we always feel better around puppies <laughs> um, and uh, and he has a yoga aspect and then I do a meditation um, part which is always interesting because you know they they this nightclub is turned into this little <laughs> wellness hub for 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 a few hours each year but of course last year we couldn't do it because we were in lockdown uh, and it'll be interesting to see what we're going to do this year. <laughs> well, I was <laughs> going to um, say that that Are You Okay must have been so powerful with COVID, with everybody mm-hmm. being locked down because people, and we were talking about this before the show, how people have not been handling what's been going on well, and it's mm-hmm. been affecting their mental health mm-hmm. and how they look at themselves and how they feel about themselves. Mm-hmm. So this Are You Okay movement really... Yeah is coming at a perfect time. Mm. Yeah, and, and it is lovely. For me, it's just lovely for, for people to just ask, ask the question, really, are you okay? Well, I think it's like the people that go around giving free hugs. <laughs> are you okay? Here's a free hug. Yes, yes, <laughs> Wear your yes, mask. <laughs> we can't do it at the moment, yes, with social distancing. But anyway, I'll give you a virtual hug. <laughs> Well, the energy does go. You do go through. Even it does. With six feet, you go through some of yes. those layers. 
Yes, yes, yes. So you <laughs> probably can more so sometimes. <laughs> Please check out areyouokay.org.au and learn more about this this really phenomenal um, not-for-profit to help other people and to care about other people and their well-being. Mm. So yes. I think it's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that, Denise. So I have a quick question. Let's talk about why we don't remember our soul's wisdom when we're reincarnated. You know, we make our agreement, our pre-birth agreements. <laughs> well, you know, it's, 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 that's something that, that is often asked me. You know, people say, why can't I remember? Why don't I remember? It would make life so much easier. And I use the... Um, I use the analogy of imagine there is a millionaire or billionaire these days and they decide that I'm going to go and live on the street for a while to see what it's like to go and live on the street, to see, you know, to be homeless and, and to see what, um, what those people go through. Now, the biggest problem with that is that, yes, he might go and, and have those experiences, but he has his money, him or her, to fall back on. So they never really dive in. Right. They never really feel what it is to have nothing because they have, they already, they have that to fall back on. So it's a bit like, oh, I'll just dip in and go on a holiday and try something different. Um, and this is the same for us. So if we truly knew the stream of consciousness that we are, the, the wonderment, the pure positive energy that we truly are, our soul's wisdom, when we came here, well, we would not fully move into the physical life and have the experiences. Because, of course, for me, we come here for the experience of life, of experiencing different and varied ways of life. And we're going to do it. For me, this life, I'm looking at life through a female, through a white female, and um, who was born in England and grew up in Australia. And that's how my soul is looking out through all of my cells, through every part of me, and that's the experience that it is having. Um, and it helps us to, well, not helps, the experiences of life. We have the experiences of life to expand who we are. We expand our um, stream of consciousness and we become more. So really, we come here for the joy of it, for the, the playing in it and to experience life in new and varied ways. And if we truly knew the who we were, we would never really dive in <laughs> and have those experiences. So that was a bit of a long-winded explanation, but then, <laughs> but that I was do a great explanation. It did. It's a great explanation because the reality of it is, is you know, if you're right. I mean, if if our pre-birth plan, if we remembered it and remembered all our experiences, well, we wouldn't live life the way we need to. Number one, number two, we would not learn the things we need to learn to ascend mm -hmm. to the next level. Mm -hmm. Oh. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's it. I remember one of my teachers said, you know, it's a bit like when we make this, oh, well, yeah, we're going to go down to earth and we're going to have these experiences. It's a bit like when you book a holiday. <laughs> you, you, see the, you see where you're going. You book the, the um, you know, the, the accommodation. You, you sort of know what it is, but it's not until you actually get there that you have the experience of it. Right. So, um, so it's never quite because we because we're human. We try to humanize everything. We try to make sense of everything, and and I think it's probably much bigger than we could ever um, even begin to imagine uh, of what the experience um, we've agreed is to. And why 
and why we come here um, uh, as well. So it is, yeah, it is just, for me, it's, you know, our, our natural state is joy. Yes. Um, there is no need to suffer, but we seem to think that it's a little bit like if I suffer, when I get all the good things in my life, people will think better of me. I Which don't really believe means, you have to suffer. <laughs> no, of course not. But of course, that just what that says is that what other people think of me is more important than what I think of me. And going back, and it go, we go round back to where we had that beginning conversation. Denise, yes. this has been such a wonderful conversation. I am again so grateful that you got up. When you did, to, to, I mean, now it's like almost three o'clock in the morning, your time. Talk in the morning, so, yes. <laughs> so, so many props to you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, and I love this conversation. I'd love to have you back and do more of it. Um, yes, yes. After you've been able to catch up on some sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, thank you, thank you. So appreciate you. Oh, I want to say Thank you to everybody at Voice America for all you do for getting my show up and on the air and all, and the, the professionalism you use and the expertise, and I'm so grateful for you. I'm grateful for Bridget, my assistant, my right hand, my left hand. What would I do without you? Thank you so much. And I want to thank you, the listeners, for taking the time out of your day, out of your life to participate in the show through either listening or watching it. And I hope that you get what you need out of the conversation. Now for Denise, please check out her website. I'm going to tell you once again, it's Denise Jarvie, J-A-R-V-I-E.com. See all she does, her, her Oracle deck, her tarot, her meditations, and they can be so helpful for you and your soul. And check out my website, Marla Goldberg with two Rs.com and see everything that I do. And As I leave you, I'm going to leave you with a question. And the question for today is, what are you doing for you to care for yourself during all the confusion and chaos that is still evolving around us with COVID, places being shut down? Uh, So what are you doing for your highest and best good for your mental, physical, and emotional help? How are you taking care of yourself? Yes. Well, um, the first thing is I meditate every morning. And when and really what when I talk about meditation, I'm taking the time to just reconnect with me. Um, that's what meditation is to me, reconnecting back to my soul so that I'm going to step out into the day in a balanced point of view. Because if I don't do that, I tend to start the day unbalanced and that's when we have those days you know when we might kick the cat or fall over something or I call them the weeble days yes yes (laughs) so if you can take five minutes in the morning which is what I all I do is to just breathe and just come back to my center come back to my heart and that's the biggest thing because then my my day flows from that and I make decisions from that place um thank you so much I so appreciate you sharing that with the audience because it's so important that this is a meditation is huge, even whether it's for two minutes, 20 minutes or two hours, you'll get whatever it is you need out of the time you're able to put in and you're never shorting yourself when you get quiet. So thank you again. Well, everybody, I look forward to seeing you next week. And until then, as always, I send you love, blessings and gratitude. If you haven't heard these words today, I love you. And I am so grateful that you're in my life in whatever capacity you're in it. So stay well, stay happy, stay grateful, and I'll see you next week.